Hey Rippers, are you learning how to surf? But have you got a clue? Or are you a big old kook? And since there's a million ways to kook it, you should stick around and learn a thing or two. Because if you don't know, let me tell you right now that surfers love to spot a kook. But don't get all stressed about it, because everyone kooks it once in a while. And that's the reason we start a kook cast. Because the more you know, the less you'll kook it. <laughs> So bust out your swimmies and get ready to learn. KookCast is here to lead you on your journey out of kookdom one episode at a time. And hopefully offer you some traction on this slippery slope between kookery and killing it. I'm your host, Coach Chris, and I started the surf coaching and education resource, thesurfcontinuum.com. And this week on the show, we got one of my favorite guests to have on. Repeat guest, always got a good story for us. It's Cole Olson. And uh, this time I'm asking him a little bit about San Diego surf history and, and I have one specific question about the history of the fish kind of surfboard for those of you that don't know it. Um, yeah, I've been hounding him down for a while for this one because it actually came as a question from one of our listeners and I told him like as soon as I get Cole on the show, he's the perfect guy to ask because he just knows his history so well, he like, just loves it, he, he dives into it, he really like soaks it up. And he loves sharing it too. Like every time we get together and hang, like we did this day, um, I'm just asking him a million questions. And this was a really fun day for me actually because we kind of had like a little field trip. First we went to a surfboard swap, then we went to Bird's Surf Shed, and then we went and checked like some surf spots. And while we were checking, checking the waves, we just posted up somewhere and, uh, and just had a little chat. I whipped out the microphones kind of slyly, <laughs> secretly, trying to just work on that you know, keeping the, the, like that authenticity of, of a recording. It's, there's something about pulling out a microphone that changes, you know, even for me doing this for so long, I'm still like, as soon as I press record, I feel like I change a little bit. So trying to preserve that feeling I had all day of just hanging with Cole and learning and, and asking questions. It was such a good time. Um, so anyway, yeah, we're just like sitting in the car, chilling. I didn't even want to turn the music down. So it, it wasn't such like a, a stark contrast from like hanging to recording so don't mind that you know the raindrops on the windshield and the roof of the car all that it's just like natural you pretend you're chilling with us in the back seat listening to Cole share some knowledge Cole by the way please don't hate me for releasing this one he was so bummed because he just he made a simple mistake he messed up a, a last name of somebody and he even caught himself like a couple minutes later in the episode he's like no no, no wait I, like that wasn't his name it was this and, and, even, and after the episode, he was like, oh, I can't believe I cooped it, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, dude, like, no big deal. Like, that happens. You mess up someone's name sometimes. So anyway, Cole, please, this is just such a, a good episode. I love talking with you. Uh, don't hate me, please. <laughs> okay, here we go. Come on, you're an expert now. Yeah, right? <laughs> should be. You've been on a few times. <laughs> La 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 la. Bow chicka wow wow. That's how I do my warm ups. <laughs> Bow chicka wow wow. <laughs> la 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 la. Oh, this one. Oh, did you see that first section though? It kind of looked. I missed it. Missed that one. It's doing my warm ups, bro. <laughs> I was doing my warm ups. Can't interrupt my warm ups, Chris. <laughs> Need to get um swap on. Hell yeah, well thanks for showing me around today. Yeah, brother. Cheers. Dude, cheers. Had Always a good old a, rainy day. Yeah, good rainy day. 
field day. Um, I always really enjoy like how insightful you are about all your history and like San Diego and you just know it all it feels like so I love asking you questions you know like oh what's this spot where's that oh how does this happen oh who's that person what's this boy and you're just like spewing it out like no problem I can do this for days <laughs> grew up on it grew up on it brother did you always like kind of care about that just knowing you know what I mean like a holistic knowledge of oh absolutely like I guess it all started like my dad was a su subscriber to Surfer's Journal for ever since I can remember and had like every single, every volume, every single magazine. So like growing up, like there would always be like, you know, I think it was like the end of the month, like Surfer, Surfer's Journal, new Surfer's Journal coming in the mail. And like, we weren't allowed to open it. And <laughs> it was just my, like, we'd have to like wait for my dad to get home from work so he could have the like first look at it and that was like the rule and then he'd like <laughs> end that. up handing it off to us and being like all right now you can look at it <laughs> you know and, and so but like i ended up moving the collection into my room and so i had like every single surfer's journal in my room like growing up and so it just like sparked a history like kind of knowing what boards were shaped where and especially like the the articles about like san diego and whatnot like were just holy grails to me mm. you know like just like this is where i grow up this is where i surf every day and like this is what happened like before me and mm. this is what's happening you know now at this point and everything in between so i that kind of like would definitely spark my interest it's just like looking at all the different surf cultures from all around the world from these magazines growing up and just like really being like i live in an amazing place here in san diego like straight hotbed of like not quite like what dale velzi and you know all the guys up in redondo were doing with like pumping out boards but more just the gns crew and like all the La Jolla Reef guys, Casser and, you know, Chris O'Rourke, which we were talking about earlier for a brief moment. And, you know, that, that was all just part of it. So, mm. um, definitely really, really blessed to grow up here and just like focus in on the history. Cause after, you know, seeded here and blew up around the world everywhere. Right. So, right. Like Wind and Sea was like one of the first first guys to go over to surf the north shore were wind and sea surf club guys mm -hmm. and that was right there in la jolla and so like that was like butch van archdale was like the first guy to ever ride pipeline correctly and he grew up surfing big rock you know and like surfing wow, wind and sea wow, wow. So it makes perfect sense like that wave is i love that i get to have my little part of it now like because it's one thing to know these stories but then to see the spots and to imagine the people there before you is like, I guess I recognize it in you because I kind of feel that too. Mm -hmm. You know, I really love to know history and the people who, because otherwise surfing dies if the people don't carry it on, you know? So like, yeah. I like to know about the people and the evolution that they brought into it and the mindsets, the mentalities, you know? I, You know, one thing that really was fascinating to me is how you were saying how like I was asking about one of these spots that I love every time I pass by it, it makes me stop and I'm just like, wow, look at that spot. 
but it looks super localized because it's a tight takeoff and it's a good wave so I can only imagine and I remember being like oh so you think they just like you know just yell at me as soon as I tried to paddle out if I ever did surf there and you're like no maybe you'll be all right (laughs) it was way worse (laughs) in the 70s and I was like holy shit like no like really worse in the 70s and then that like opened up a whole new conversation but yeah anyway I just love so much to pick your brain about these things especially when I'm here because it's so rich with surf spots with culture you know the people and many of them are still around there around here kicking it you know and and surfing and it's 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 really cool but so the reason I really wanted to get you this one time is because a long time ago someone asked me to talk about the history of the fish surfboard you know for those of you that don't know a, a very specific type of design usually a twin usually wide usually short right but sort of somehow packs a lot of volume despite those seemingly small characteristics of it Mm -hmm. you know and I was like oh that's a great question I really love it and I immediately thought of you you know because I you know I know how you are really into and in fact you even told me the story before this question was asked of me you had told me a story and uh, but I was like I have to do the honor to like let you answer the question with me and I'll, I'll poke at you and have a few questions but like just Whatever you know about it, let's talk about the history of the, the fish, and you don't have to talk about specific spots, but areas, or however you want to do it, like, yeah. you know, that, yeah. that you feel okay. respectful. Look at that hawk. The hawk just came down. He was oh, hunting right there. What? Oh, he saw a little something he liked. Yeah, did he, he didn't make the dive, though. No, he, he like pumped his brakes right before it looked like the just whatever saw him. A little yeah. mouse got in the hole or something? <laughs> just See? ran away. There he goes, circling. Um, and yeah, and we're kind of right around that area right now. One of both, you know, I was introduced to this area. Yeah. So, fish kind of got born down in down in the southern region of San Diego. Um, put it that way. Southern region of San Diego was pretty much the birthplace of the fish. And this guy named Steve Liz was a kneeboarder. So he wasn't surfing at all. He was kneeboarding. And he came up with a design, tried it out at a couple reefs, all of a sudden just hooked like a certain crew and, you know, everybody kind of gravitated towards it. And that was like super dominant up at the reefs, like La Jolla area, the Wind and Sea area that we were just talking about. Um, And, uh, you know, he grew like a following of guys that all started riding these boards that they were twin fins the first of the their kind that people were going faster than you know they could ever hmm. imagine going on a single fin or a down rail single fin or egg of the time you know what they were riding and just like blew every everything out of the water like and steve was doing this kneeboarding and you know everybody like every time he took off everybody like said they would just stop and watch like you know he'd just be there were photos of him air dropping into to waves that in La Jolla that were just unreal unreal and he's air dropping in on his knees holding rail and like there's nothing like it um and so got kind of the crew going Skip Fry got turned on to it Skip Fry started making you know a lot of those boards 
once he figured out that V-bottoms were just like a bust and whatnot in the 60s, hmm. 70s. He had made the perfect eggs, and then all of a sudden, fishes came around, and people were standing up, stand-up surfing them and loving it, and so he hopped on the train. And, you know, there was down in OB area, Ocean Beach of San Diego, David Nueva came around for the world contest I think it was you know after he won uh, the one prior on a longboard came to OB and they had the world surfing championship at the pier there in Ocean Beach in OB I mean it's it can be a good way but it's not like no, special no. Uh-uh. it's all beach break just like all <laughs> over the place never really gets that great gets good how's it say never gets that great though. right not as consistent as some other spots right around the oh, corner exactly exactly so David Nueva came down and he had a fish that he shaped and the birthplace was very close to Ocean Beach and a bunch of the the fish cult crew ended up stealing David Nueva's board like like literally it, stealing it literally found out where he was staying stole it no stole shit. the board beat it all up like you know <laughs> probably lit it on fire and then they hung it from OB Pier. And so he woke up in the morning, couldn't find his board, went down there. And his fish, his brand new fish that he was going to ride in the contest was just hanging all de- demolished from the pier. Wow. Like, these are the guys that we're talking about and how, like, rooted they were at, like, certain regions in San Diego. They were ruthless. Like, couldn't I'll go say. surf a spot unless you, like, literally were born and grew up there. And they called, like, you know, what we were talking about earlier, they called, like, everybody inland, all the inland surfers, like, the valley kids. And, you know, they, it was interesting how these regions you had to be born into. And then all of a sudden, you know, people were coming from inland after Gidget and whatnot got started. And they were all trying to surf. And so you had these surf communities and these, these beach communities that just kind of locked it down like certain regions just had it totally locked down to other outsiders you're not allowed to surf here yep yep totally yeah and if you did you could get in every like there were certain people that got in Mm -hmm. to the scene like mike doyle um he's uh he's that florida dude east coast dude he was like the first guy to like ever kind of infiltrate the west coast scene into the hawaii scene the north shore scene this guy's full-on legend if you never heard of mike doyle um but he actually got in down here at that wave right there mm-hmm. and no way yeah. at our yes oh first my goodness. east coast dude and like he was like friends with like rasmutin and whatnot in mm-hmm. new york and all those guys um, but he was, like, the first East Coast guy to, like, actually get in with the crew down here. Just ended up getting fishes, getting hooked on fishes, started riding them all over the place. And that's when, like, you know, everybody started after David Nueva got his board hung and whatnot. Everybody's like, something's going on here. Must, something might, must work. Like, these guys are trying to hold out on everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? So everybody tried, like, started getting into it. And, seeing the boards in different places around the world and yeah kind of hooked do you know any of the details about how he like worked his way in to these like sacred spots i don't know exactly um actually he just passed away 
maybe yeah, two right. years ago mm-hmm. or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I don't entirely know. Actually, that would be a better question for Bird. For Bird might know. Oh. And then also um, Bird of Bird Surf Shed. And then also um, this guy, Dave Gladstone. So I, I grew up surfing Swamis, too. And at Swamis, like, at least... Swamis, the biggest secret in yeah, the... Huge, sir. <laughs> huge secret. That's how I'm saying it by name here. Anyway, <laughs> I grew up surfing there and whatnot, and all the guys were riding fishes and bonzers, all the older guys at least, and they were working for Moonlight Glassing Co., um, which is the major glass company here in San Diego. Everybody would get their boards glassed through them. And then now they actually just sold their company and Christensen Surfboards ended up buying it and keeping it alive. So the, the shop's still there, but it's under Christensen Surfboard Management now. Um, but Moonlight Glassing Co. is like the biggest thing like ever because they were glassing bonzers. They were glassing all the like, since all the shortboards and every pretty much every pro like rob machado Mm. you know he got a lot of boards through them and but you were um, saying about asking that question to david gladstone or something yeah so dave dave was good friends with mark mark donnellan mark donnellan is the he's a uh, hot coat and sander at at moonlight up until like the very end legend mark would get all these unbelievable fishes and like bonzers and whatnot and he started handing them off to dave gladstone and dave i would end up getting boards from dave and riding bonzers and fishes and so they were more speed dialer shaped which have like little wings in the back and they're quad fin fishes really refined and then dave would was hooked on the five fin bonzers which are they're all right. I prefer a three-fin bonzer personally, but um, yeah. So Dave would be the guy to ask about Mike because he was really good friends with him. Like even in the later years, Mike would come down to Mike Purpose. No, I was saying Mike Doyle. Mike Purpose. No, hold on. No, no Doyle. Mike. I'm pretty sure is an East Coast guy. So if you mean Mike. Mike Doyle. Wait, Mike Purpose is also an East Coast guy. Yeah. And you know how I know this is because I just Hold did on. a podcast. Nope. Mike Tate. Mike Table. Hold <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <clears throat> oh, on. Bound to be that. some memory lapses, but what do you call it? Dude, Mike Purpose, ha- uh, there's such a funny story that Matt Warshaw told me about Mike Purpose. Is his name Mike? His first name Mike? Yeah, so Mike Tabling. That sorry guys, that's what I meant. Mike Doyle is the guy who came up with bodyboard and all that. Mike Purpose is another guy from the '60s. He, was, he but he's an East Coast guy too, right? A New Jersey guy. Yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah, because yeah. Uh, Matt Warshaw told me the most hilarious story about him. Oh yeah. Basically, to make it real quick, he he uh, ditched his board right in front of him. <laughs> oh no. And, and Mike Purpose had to ditch his board because of that, like uh-huh. because it was like coming right at him. So he had to like really dive, not just duck dive out of the way. And then his leash broke. 
So he had to go all the way in to get his board, all the while screaming and yelling at Matt. Like, then this is when Matt's a kid, you know, like a Grom <laughs> surfing and like on his first big day. Um, okay, so that was my purpose, but he is an East Coast guy. Yep. Anyway, yep. The, the guy we're talking about, the first East Coast guy that made his way into this sacred spot right down here in Mike front of us. Mike Tabling. Mike Tabling. Okay. Mike Tabling. And yeah, so he was he got hooked on the fish back in the day. And oh wow, that's a great shot. And he got in with the crew here by doing illicit things, uh-huh. <laughs> from what it sounds like. Uh-huh. Um, one of those guys back when pirating was real. It was, but a big deal, real. Big big deal, real. But um, yeah, so going back to the fish design, Dave would Dave Gladstone would be a guy to ask about him because he would always come down to Baja and hang out with Dave and they were really good friends. He ended up surf, Mike Tabling surfed Swamis a bunch and and then ended up going over to Jeffrey's Bay and that's actually where um, Dave went over to go visit him while he was living there at J-Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So, so basically, so the fish was pretty much well, started as a kneeboard, and even before that, am I right in saying this that it was actually a much longer twin fin first, and then that he shrunk it down, or someone shrunk yeah, it? Yeah. So, or was actually, that? We am went I into, thinking of the Simmons? Well, the, that board that we just saw today, that that bear Mirandrin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a bear Mirandrin. That was from La Jolla. It was a double wing pin, is what they called them, and that was like the first like fish tail, you know? Mm-hmm. That was way longer. That was like still in the, I would say like late 60s 68 mm-hmm. 69 that he started doing those and then not long after um steve liz started doing that down and it's all because he was a kneeboarder all because yeah and he made them super short because so, you yeah because you don't really need them to be long when you right, kneeboard. Right. you don't want it to be long when you're a kneeboarder exactly you want and then guys started standing small. up on them yep hmm so all originated from kneeboard the fish design and what kneeboard surfers were doing, which was unreal, and they still do unreal things. So tell me this now about this spot where this is like basically one of the birthplaces of it. Um, the whole no leash thing, no leash is allowed, that lives today. Yep. Was that did that start back then, or was it, or they didn't really have leashes anyway back then? Right, that was like so. It wasn't the- as much a law back then because now it's yeah. for sure a law. Like you do not paddle out at this spot with a leash on. Right. You'll get some dirty looks. Get some people upset. At the least. Yeah. At the least. Um, so, like, how did that come about? And, and where does that fit in? Because I feel like, I think, I think I remember you telling me how these, this crew that, like, regularly surfs it, you know, and really kind of holds it down. Um, like... I, I get the feeling that they have, and I, I thought you told me this, but they really have like a respect for that history of their spot. Yeah. So yeah. is it kind of an honor to that, like an ode and, a, and like a um, an honor to the history yeah. of the fish? Yeah. I mean, this and, place has kind of an old time feel um, of California. Like, you know, it's all un, kind of undeveloped for the most part, which along the coastline in California is unheard of, or Southern California is kind of unheard of for mm. there not to be houses every single right right everywhere lining lining the the cliffs um so yeah um 
I would say that Going back to the question again. (laughs) (laughs) So many different things to say without. (laughs) I asked the question maybe too slow, but it was basically like, or or too drawn out. I used too many words to ask a simple thing. But, But, you know, there's not many spots in my life I've come across where you're not allowed to wear a leash. In fact, yeah, most places yeah. where you surf, they say, you know, you, they'd be mad at you if you didn't wear a leash. Well, yeah. here I go again, making a short question long. <laughs> okay, so <going laughs> no, no leash. No yeah, leash where does that, why is that why, here? Why is where that, does that here? Come why from? is this at this break? If you even know the answer to that. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know, right. Maybe it's just, it's just, I don't know, it's just the way it is. <laughs> yeah, so back in like the, there's famous picture that was, no on locals and back in the day you kind of could tell outsiders by the by the coot cord the cord that they were wearing they had a leash on at this certain wave don't really need a leash like you're if you lose your board board goes in and it'll go into like this kind of little lagoon type thing it won't usually won't go all the way to shore and so you don't really need a leash um oh look at that little nugget Oh, those insiders that follow yeah. the reef yeah, are the best ones. For sure. Um, so, I mean, you don't really need a leash and whatnot at this wave. For the most part, if you do lose your board and you are one of those people, then all of a sudden you're swimming and that regulates the lineup. And so, right, it keeps you know, it fresh and it people keeps, circulating. Exactly. So, it keeps people circulating in do and you want out. More where, of these? Yeah, I'm down. Where, you know, if somebody was wearing a leash, they're right back out there. Well, you have to be like fully committed and fully like finish that. You have to be fully committed to the wave and fully, you know, it's a tubing wave, like one of the heaviest waves that we have here. And you have to be fully committed and just going balls to the walls, going for it to actually like make it because it doesn't look like it's done. You're going to make it. At so that if you lose your board, you don't you don't make the section. Oh, all of a sudden, swimming in, get your board. Usually, it's three strikes, you're out. That's the rule. So if you oh, lose, no shit. I didn't if you know lose that. your board three times, three strikes, and you're out. That's how we used to do it growing up. Ooh, I wonder. And that's what I heard, you know, back in the day. Yeah, like, that makes sense. It oh, does. You got two more strikes. <laughs> Don't lose it. Oh, oh. So three strikes, you're out. Um, Shit, you didn't tell me that rule either. Dude, the first time, by the way, you took me to surf here, you didn't tell me this, and I go trotting on down with my leash. Thank God it was so foggy, and really, it wasn't actually good. It was onshore wind, it was yeah. foggy as hell, which is kind of funny because this spot like can really do some weird things with you and drift you around in places that you would not expect to be going. And... Uh, yeah, anyway, so, like, then I find out later that this is, like, a strict no-leash spot, and I'm like, dude, like, what the hell? Well, no, you told me That's after, how you I, tell. That's how you tell who's not from there and how, <laughs> you know, somebody that. shows up with a leash. Oh, okay. You're fair game to drop in on. Yeah. Oh, fair game. All right. Bye-bye. You're not getting any waves. So, that's definitely another thing. Like, you know, you're paddling out. You're kind of looking at guys' guys' ankles, and if they have something coming off of it, and it's, okay, you're right out. Bye-bye. Um, especially, you know, there's so many people surfing nowadays that that definitely weeds out a lot of people. Yeah. Well, if you know that about this spot, as I think a lot of people do, 
you know, it makes them uncomfortable. They just don't surf there. That's what I find. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and I really enjoy like such a strict like rule or like like just a tight local community because they're actually really cool guys. Oh, all, yeah. all of them that all surf there are really they're not like sitting there growling at anybody that comes out. They're just checking on you. Yep. And when you do the right thing and you you know you you surf the right way and you know you're swimming for your board, you're doing all the right things. They actually are really cool and they're really friendly and they're yeah. really welcoming. But it's just their way of be being also, like not yeah. no kooks allowed. You yeah. know, like no yeah. no weird shit going on, no wave storms, no bailing your board. Well the the waves like you can't even ride anything above like a seven foot board. It just doesn't fit in the wave correctly. Hmm. And so that keeps, you know, all the long borders out. And so for the most part it's a short board wave and it pumps and you can't fit so you have a bunch of a group of people all riding you know similar boards to like the fish or you know like what gun like smaller guns or thrusters like some amazing power surfers out there that you know you don't see anymore like night older guys hmm. in the like 90s that were just Dude. full on frothers oh like doing God. off the top backhand yes bum. that reminds me like, the last time we surfed it I wanted to ask you who this dude was. He was like an older dude. And when he first paddled out, I mean, I don't count anybody out at this spot. I surf the most on my toes and like on the line as I can, you know, and as polite as possible, you right. know, yep. recognizing who I am and where I come from. And again, that just, you get it's your respect. waves when you do it that way. Yeah. But, okay, respect so going back to this dude, you get waves. he... He, so he's an older dude. Like I said, he, I, I don't know not to count anyone out, but this dude was the best surfer out there. He was absolutely ripping. So committed. He was on a shortboard. I wouldn't say old, old, you know, like just middle age, you know, maybe in his 50s, maybe late 40s. Mm -hmm. So committed. So critical. Do you, do you know who I'm talking about? Do you remember? He had like, he came out of it with sunscreen all over his face. He was pretty yeah, white I, when he first came out. I saw out. him out there that day. I've seen him like a couple of times, but there's a lot of older guys that well, yeah, there circulate is. through down here because. And there's a lot of guys that rip out it's there. It's one like, of those places that you can just, oh, you can still one. get a really, really good day with, you know, a handful of guys out right, right. in San Diego. That so all, he's not like that, like, uh, I mean, a lot of the guys, you know, have a couple of the guys, some of the best surfers I've ever seen were like kind of Rincon power surfers and they come, they grew up down here. So they know whenever they're back in town, they're visiting and, you know, this is where they come. Yep. Hmm. It's one of those waves. It's one of the best. It really is. It really is. And the fact that, you know, nobody's allowed to, or nobody's allowed to photograph it as well. You can't really get the right angle on it because, because of that, that line right up there mm -hmm. that goes across. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and I guess you could go down on the beach and photograph it, but oh my God, I gotta help you yeah, <laughs> if you yeah. do. Uh -uh. I wonder what would happen. I mean, you'd have to get the equipment down and around a few sketchy sections oh i'm not even talking about that like yeah. that's a normal obstacle yeah. to overcome yeah. i'm talking about what would the guys do the oh, crew dude, if they... they no not allowed not allowed no picture spot no phones don't call anybody if you're going out just come down by yourself usually mm -hmm. it's like one two people max that you walk down with mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But for the most part, that rule with the no leashes keeps everybody kind of regulated and circulating mm -hmm. in and out. And 
you know, you do a couple of swims and shit, you're tired as hell and you're going in and then all of a sudden the next shift change and mm-hmm. new guys are out there. So definitely is a different little style of surfing, but you have days when you don't, you know, you're out in like eight foot, seven, eight foot, maybe like 10 foot and you get a couple waves and and then you get a couple more and you get a couple more and you just find the rhythm and you don't lose your board the entire time, you know, mm-hmm. you don't that's what you focus on and if you have a fucking perfect session like that that just makes the day yeah yeah, you're like oh my gosh it was maxing i was out there charging got full stand like three full stand-up barrels and then like seven little micro barrels on the inside that you know you count as barrels but like you know you gotta crouch a little bit (laughs) but full like three stand-up barrels got handful of waves all good turns and i didn't lose my board once oh my gosh what a session yeah i just had a perfect that's what you call an all-time session session. yeah and you're just like stuck everything (laughs) i stuck everything that i tried today and you're super stoked and that sometimes just makes your day even on the smallest day yeah it doesn't even have to be like a gnarly epic day it can just be like a perfect session a regular old that and that i really that's i guess that's one of the things that i couldn't put my finger on that i love so much about this spot because it forces you to be really pure about your approach you know like always mindful of your surfboard kicking out sticking maneuvers like like it makes you like approach the lip way differently you have to go at it either a hundred percent committed or don't go at it you which know? is what that power surfer was doing he's a hundred percent committed dude yep and throwing and the, the most gnarliest surf- craziest turns that you've ever seen in your life yep full right grown face yeah full <laughs> grown man like just you know still killing it yeah absolutely, absolutely killing, killing it, it. Oh and nobody knows God. his name <laughs> we're like who's that guy i don't know he rips all right later bye you see those guys all the time coming through here it's mm. nuts which is awesome right on it's the home stomping ground to a lot of a lot of really legendary guys and steve Liz was the first of them for sure created the fish and everybody's still riding it today sign that kind of last last the test of time yeah i was just gonna say that proving itself by the test of time yep oh look at that little nugget Oh, right now yeah, here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of setting up into the It's a little track. off the reef. Oh, look at this section. Oh, there it goes. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the beauty. Oh, hell yeah. Well, you know, it's it's really important, I feel, for people to know, like, about this culture and society that exists around, you know, surfing. It's not just an activity. It's not just a surfboard you own and ride it on the ocean, you know? It's like... It's a whole community of people. And uh, anybody that really wants to be a surfer, really cares about you know, this stuff, is, is mindful of that. And, uh, and if you're not, you are kooking it. Kooking <laughs> it! Get on the ball, Barney! <laughs> uh, as always, such a fucking pleasure to chat with you. All oh, right, back at you, Chris. Woo! Yep! Yep, yep, yep.